Hey everybody, it's Sweden Morgan Life Live. Today we'll be checking into, you know, was Lucifer really an angel and fell from heaven? Mm. I'm Curtis. I'll be your host. As we, I mean, that's a pretty weighty thing to take on, right? I think we're, yeah. we're doing our job tonight. Somebody should have briefed me or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I said my name. Did I ever say yours? I don't think so. I don't think This so. is Dr. Jonathan Rose. Ah, hey, everybody. That's how you can tell. Thanks so much for being with us. A joy. We're going to need you tonight because mm. we've got to dig into this, this uh, great biblical-ish mystery. Yeah, yeah, right. And how does it relate? How does something like you know, the history of Lucifer, the, the evil being, relate to the way we think and feel in our day-to-day -day life, mm. right? And Probably not at all, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it also relates to the kind of things you guys have been asking about uh, from us. So we're, uh -huh. doing, we're doing our due diligence here. Like yeah. and subscribe if you haven't already. That makes it so we can keep doing this. And get your elevator pitch ideas in. That we're going to be, you know, not, not even an hour from now. You know, scrambling to try to live on air, <laughs> talk for one minute straight about whatever Swedenborg e-topic you guys give us there. So that's gonna be fun, man. But it doesn't yeah, happen yeah. unless y'all get your elevator pitch topics in. All right, and so we do this show because this particular—I'm not saying like this is why we do this whole show. This particular episode we do because of these questions we got from you. Oh yeah. And these are a bunch of them mm. on the same topic, though. Did Swedenborg ever talk about the meaning of Lucifer in the Bible? Lucifer. If Lucifer was the light bearer of heaven, and if wise angels are brightest, how did he fall so far? If he was so wise, that's are right. Are there really fallen angels? So according to many accounts I've heard, the fallen angels cast out of heaven were humans, then angels, then became fallen angels. Where they fall to? Where can I read about? this in your books. Mm. Couldn't the rebellion in heaven happen many times again after the occurrence of the satanic rebellion? If an angel's free will rebelled once, what's to keep it from happening over and over? Wow, those are good questions. Yeah. And a bunch of different angles in there. And it all centers yeah. around, though, there's this idea out there that people say, oh, the Bible says that there was an angel who named Lucifer who fell out of heaven and became Satan, and that's why you have sort of the, the God versus the devil thing that's happening now. But does that... Does right. That, is and, that, and that's a pretty foundational kind of story of how we all got where we are yeah. kind of thing, right? I mean, and, that, that's, yeah. this is the nature of reality. You had angels, and then one of them fell and then became the ruler of hell kind of thing. That's like in the, the cultural imagination. Even people who aren't Christians know that there's a, the basics of that. You see it pop up. It, it's pop culture. It's in movies and oh, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So where'd that all come from? And is it, did it, is it true? That's what we're going to look at today. Mm. And we're going to begin this journey by taking on a question ourselves. So get ready for the icebreaker. We got to go from our everyday mindset, wherever we were before this show started, right. into being able to think about this kind of stuff. So this question mm. is good for not only that, but as you'll see, it sets the table for the musings that we have to get through as we okay. explain. Who the comes truth up with these questions? Louis Fry. Oh, they just great. appear. Let's see what this one is. What do you think God wants us to do with spiritual or religious knowledge? What should it be used for? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great question. It seems to me that spiritual and religious knowledge is a form of power that you can turn into money or other forms of control over people. That's mm -hmm. one great thing to do with it. Yeah, people are coming to us to watch this show for like spiritual knowledge, or I don't know that's if anyone right. would call it quite knowledge, but but you know. look at us, man. We, do what we want. Do this thing. You know, we have all this power <laughs> right now. Unbelievable power. But yeah, you don't even think about that. You, you, a, a lot of people, like huge percentage of the human race throughout history and existing today, are pursuing spiritual or religious something. Yeah, right. But you do you often step back and, and think, why are you doing it? What's the purpose of it? Yeah, and although I gave sort of a choke answer to begin with, I. I have to admit that one of my first thoughts is, oh, well, it's for, for bettering myself. And that's not a terrible answer, I think, but it's yeah. still a little self-centered, you know, that, that uh, uh, to use that spiritual and religious knowledge to make myself a better person. A step away from that is to say, okay, so I can be a, a better person in other people's lives. Yeah. You know, so I'm nicer to be around and that kind of stuff. But, but s somehow ulti ultimately shouldn't, a good answer be, 
it's for other people. It's for the sake of God and the neighbor. Yeah. You, you know, that's, that's what that is good for. What do all of you think? We want to hear your answers to this. Write them in the chat. We're going to be gathering this up, and at the end of the show, we'll read all of your responses. So what do you think God wants us to do with yeah. spiritual religious knowledge? What should it be used for? And it's interesting because some people, you can pursue spiritual kind of stuff just as a way, yeah, of, of self-improvement or self-advancement. But what's, what's the, the nature of that improvement? Because if it's just to give yourself an advantage over the rest of the human race, it's like the same thing as, as uh, studying martial arts or, um, or, or even right. in, on a, in a negative sense, you know, if I study the ways to steal credit card numbers, that can get me ahead. If, if, it's, right. if it's the same mindset as that, What's it for? So is there a, sort of an imperative that, you, that it needs to be under the, the umbrella of, well, this mm. is to make life better for the human race by yeah. improving myself for that? Right. Anyway, what do you guys think? Yeah, That's yeah. what matters. We'll, we'll touch base with you at it's the end. It's a very interesting question. All right, so now that we've got that in our minds, and it's interesting, you wouldn't think that's going to be the question when we're talking here about Lucifer. What, I don't have the foggiest idea what that has to do with Lucifer. But. Me neither. But that must be connected. So let's have that yeah. in our minds. And now let's move into the setup because we've got to get, get it straight. What really happened with this whole loser thing in the first place? So here we go. So let's go to where this whole thing starts, right? I mean, this is a biblical thing. Right. Yeah, the person said, what about Lucifer in the Bible? Yeah, yeah this is a, right. a uh, Bible-based thing. Here we have a picture of a morning star, which is about to factor uh, okay. in heavily All right. okay. to what we're doing. It's worth noting, if we're doing a whole show about Lucifer, and that, that name, you know, in, in, the, in the Walt Disney's Cinderella, the cat is named Lucifer ah. because it's such a mean cat, right? I mean, that, <laughs> that name is, everyone knows Lucifer means evil it's means the really, devil. really, really bad. Right, that's because, right. And, and that's because from, from Genesis on through the Bible, you continually see Lucifer pop up doing these horrible things. And no, I'm such kidding. Such a scary name. It's, it's, but it's only used once in the in whole Bible. In the whole Bible? There's only one time the name Lucifer is used hmm. in the whole Bible, and it's from Isaiah 14 verse 12. We're going to give okay. you the Lucifer passage. Hmm. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer. Well, that proves it. Son of the morning. Fallen from heaven. Lucifer fell from heaven. Right. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. Hmm. So there's our Lucifer. Okay. Just one time. Smoking gun evidence. But I do want to say something about that. Um, that's even that verse is not always translated Lucifer. No, that's true. Like the root of Lucifer, L-U-C part is from lux lucus in Latin, which means light, and the F-E-R is bearing, so it's the light bearer. And you notice that he was immediately called the son of the morning, yeah. or other translations say son of the dawn. So like, well, you, you wouldn't call the most evil thing you could possibly think of, you know, the son of the dawn, would you? If you really want to make that someone mad, sort of positive and you call him a son of a dawn. Yes, right. Or you here's, light bringer. Here's in case you don't believe us. Here, here's a list of uh, BibleGateway.com, which is, the, as far as I can tell, the most prominent Bible organization website. Here's a bunch of translations of that passage, and you'll see. Okay. We've got uh, Lucifer, but the day star, got son of the morning, star oh, day of the star, morning, or star of the light morning. bringer. Uh, there's another yeah. Lucifer, shining morning shining star. Morning star. Uh, morning More star, morning, morning stars, morning, morning, bright morning stars. And a couple of Lucifers and then morning. So in some Bibles, the name Lucifer never appears throughout the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So in those Bibles, you'd have zero Lucifers. So you've either yeah. got one or none, Yeah. depending on how you translate that thing that has to do with light bearing. Can I throw another little geeky sure. thing at you? Sure. In Greek, like in the Septuagint, light bringer. Wait. Sorry. You ready? I'm staying awake. Yep. So, okay, good. The, I know it's hard to fight it off, but uh, phos is, is, the, is the word for light, and phoros is the word for bearer, so it's phosphoros, which is the same as our word phosphorus. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of cool. I love anyway. phosphorus. Okay. Yeah. Now, now that we've gotten that... Uh, it's very I, important. I want to hit you with something else about that quote, Okay. which you well, you well already know, but in that quote where it's talking about Lucifer and, fo and falling... Uh, that passage, if you look at the context in context. Isaiah, it context is very is clearly 
actually not talking about an angel in heaven. It's talking about the king of Babylon. If you don't believe us, here's, here's the quote right here. Go ahead. Hit hmm. me with this. Okay. It shall come to pass in the day the Lord gives you, meaning Israel, rest from your sorrow. Now, this is a great idea that some, at some point you'll get yeah. rest from your sorrow and from your fear and the hard bondage in which you are made to serve, that you will take up this proverb so at that beautiful day in the future, it's not talking about the past. Yeah. It's not even talking about the past. It's talking about the future, that in some future, to, has fear and hard bondage gone away? Oh, I don't think so. Right. But it's in some future point at which this rest from your sorrow and fear and hard bondage goes away. Then you'll take up this proverb against the king of Babylon yeah. and say, how, and this is what you say to the king of Babylon yeah. when everything's good. How the oppressor has ceased, the golden city ceased. Hell from beneath is excited about you to meet you at your coming. I get where people get some of this stuff because, yes, he's going to go down to hell and hell will be excited to see him. Right. But it never said he was an angel of heaven. How are you fallen from heaven? It's Okay, he was in heaven, but not an angel. It never says angel. Right. O Lucifer, son of the morning. There's our passage. How are you cut down to the ground? You who weakened the nations. Now, do angels weaken? Is that what angels do? They hang right. around and weaken the nations? I don't think so. For you have said in your heart, and I think this is a real key to it here. Listen to what Lucifer said in his heart. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt whose throne? My throne above the stars of God. That sound like an angel, like a peaceful, humble right. angel. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. That's what he's going to say. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol to the lowest depths of the pit. Now that to me doesn't say angel. That says arrogant, doesn't yeah. it? You're going to place yourself above God? You're so, going to be like the most high, you know, right. that's, that's arrogant. That, that's not an angel So you could even wrong. You could say, well, that, that's why, you know, because he was such a bad angel. But you forget when we jump into that talking about heaven and that that was very clearly addressed to the king of Babylon. King of Babylon. So, called right out. The Bible's not always that clear, but it says the king of Babylon. Yeah. And it's at some future time. Yeah that's prophesied from the point of, it's not, it didn't already happen, wasn't at the beginning of creation or sometime right. like that. It's some future time when there's no more <laughs> hard bondage anymore. So this hmm. uh, brings up the question, why if you're, okay, you're starting to send a message that we, we don't like your empire, King of Babylon, we'll be glad when you're down. When why you're this much intense? And you're going to crash and burn. Basically, right. that's what I hear in there. Right, right, right. But why, why say it with so much gusto? Why all this intense poetry and imagery about heaven and hell? Is it really only about the downfall of huh. uh, one earthly king? How many earthly kings have fallen? Here you have a right. star zooming out of heaven. Oh, there's the falling star. And it strikes me that at the time when there's not going to be any more hard bondage or fear, is there still going to be a Babylon? <laughs> like, where's right. Babylon now? Right, right. right? Is there going to be a king of Babylon yeah. you can say this to? So it's kind of weird to be, yeah, yeah, taunting the downfall of a king of an area that's long since got a different name. Uh, you know, right. so what's going on here? We've got, we've got a confusing source material here. We've, we've got Lucifer only making an appearance once some of the time in right. this particular passage, and it's a passage that's aimed at the king of Babylon, but it doesn't even make sense of like, why, why aim this particular verbal missile at the king of Babylon? So we've got problems there, but right. there's also this idea of the falling from heaven. There's only one time, there's mm. only one verse in the Bible where it says Satan fell from heaven, and that Jesus says that in Luke 10 verses 18, or verse 18, when Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning. From heaven. So some people take that and they say, oh yeah, look at that. There's Satan, Satan falling out of heaven. Lightning right? from heaven. Yeah, that's Satan falling down from heaven. But He says he saw it. But look at the context. Where does that little snippet come from? This is actually when Jesus is talking to his disciples oh, about yeah. them casting out demons. Here's the full right. uh, quote. You want to take this one on? Sure. He, he sent them out to do these miracles. He gave them power over evil spirits and various different right. kinds of things. And the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, 
I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So he seems to say that about when they were casting out demons, right. he saw it. He didn't even have to be there in the room when it yeah. happened. He just saw it in the spirit world or something. Saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, and I like the way he's just like teaching and leading, yeah. right? Do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. I, I get that you're pumped about that, and that is, <laughs> that's exciting. I get right, that. Right, right. But don't rejoice about that. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That, that, the important thing is, is that you've got a connection with heaven here. So that's, that doesn't really, it's not, like, there's no way that's about the, this actual idea of Satan as an angel falling from heaven. Because if Jesus is saying, I saw Satan fall from heaven, when they're saying that to him, are, they, are you saying that that's the moment when Jesus was alive, that Satan fell out of heaven to earth? And, and can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, like if there was an angel of light yeah. who fell, was his name before he fell really Satan? Yeah. Is that like a coincidence or something? Yeah, like, like his name, that name means the accuser, the, right. the one who opposes you, you know right, what I mean? Right, uh, right. So it's really, like, oh, you know, our, so Archimedes his name is fell, already evil let's call him critic. Satan now. Yeah, yeah okay. right. Like so it, it didn't say, and how stupid would it be, I'm sorry, but how, no offense, but how stupid would it be if a whole bunch of people came back and said, Jesus, you set us forth, you gave us this power, yeah. we were able to cast out demons, and he said, I saw an angel fall from heaven. Yeah. Surely that's not what he, like that is the stupidest thing. Yeah, right. You know, he saw something evil falling down. Yeah. You know, it wasn't that something good, you know, yeah. right? It's a happy moment, that, that exchange there. Right, so right. There's something wrong with that interpretation. So we, we have something in these passages. There's definitely some kind of prophecy against somebody who's harmful or something that's harmful in this king of Babylon, right. Lucifer. And you do have, Jesus does talk about Satan, something falling out of heaven. What does all that stuff mean? Well, this is about the time in this show where we start to look into what does Swedenborg say was really going on? Yeah, and I mean, can I interject here that uh, you could always take the option that the Bible's nuts. You know, it's sure. just a crazy document. Sure. It has no idea what it's talking about. People have made up all sorts of crazy stuff out of it. Right, and so we've got so that there. So that's an option. But it's not very satisfying because like so many people have loved the Bible. It sells hundreds of millions of copies every year. So like how do you explain if it's just nuts, well, what's going on? And let's see if we do, and this can be part of our bellwether for that. If we do start to unpack the meaning that Swedenborg says is in there in the correspondences for us to read. And it happens to offer some really potent commentary on the human condition that we see play out in the world, then maybe... There is something to the Bible. Right, and let me just play the devil's advocate again, which is that, like, really, you're going to get this bizarre sort of medieval story about Lucifer crashing and burning and going down to hell yeah. and take, like, really, that's going to have anything to do with anything that goes on now right. in society yeah. or with things that go on in our own heart. Like, right. that's, that's a stretch. So... We've, we've alienated ourselves from everything. We, we can't cling to the literal sense of this stuff. We can't uh -oh. cling to, we, we're, we're going to say, we're going to we take on. Ourselves, we painted ourselves into a corner. The, uh, the um, material reductionist view of things. So how are we going to get out of this? Well, okay. you know, in our own little way, we'll try our best. We're going to start by saying that um, Swedenborg asserts that that statement by Jesus, where he's like, hey, I saw Satan fall from heaven, that that was in reflecting Jesus's mission where he was conquering hell throughout his hell. life on earth. And this word Satan is a label for the state of mind and heart that causes hell. Oh. If you want uh, to so watch it's abstracted from it's not some person with horned feet or something but it can certainly be a person like if you let it take over you. Okay. But it's not, right, a single There's deity. It's not a single being who's like, you're not Satan, yeah. I am. Yeah, no, that's not. That's a point that you may think, how'd they jump to that already? If you want to know, please check out our hour-long show, Is the Devil Real?, where mm. we get into that. Here we have to focus on our mission. But just to set up, we're talking about Satan is 
a state of mind and heart that you can fall prey to. And when we think about... And this is something that Jesus came into this world to take care of, and he sent his disciples out to do it. And he was... Ha you hardly ever see him happier in the New Testament <laughs> than that moment when they come yeah. back and give him that right. good news. Because right. that's like the mission is being accomplished. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with some angel going rogue. Like, why would he rejoice about that? Yeah. So, yeah. thinking of falling from heaven in these passages, Okay. Don't think about particular people or angels. Okay, We're thinking so about what ideas. is falling from heaven? What right. is that falling from heaven? Always, ideas. Always correspondentially, you've got the Bible is dealing with things that are uh, infinite and, and omnipresent. So stuff that's happening for every person yeah, right. all the time. So it, w we can be looking for something that occurs in our hearts and minds. And... Remember, we're thinking back about spiritual religious ideas in the opening question. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Heavenly ideas or, or, or the principles of religion right. or of principles of spirituality can be used for good or they can be used as tools for harmful agendas. You don't, the reason why... That's a bit of a shock that they can yeah. be misused. Right. You know. Well, this is why, exactly why you have so many people wanting to take things like the Bible and clear them out of society because you go back and you see the Inquisition and the Crusades and all this stuff. People have done some bad stuff in the name of the Bible. The worst stuff. So, is this Lucifer, is it connected to that sort of stuff? Oh, whoa. Now, wait, what did you just do there? So, you're saying that even that approach can fall from heaven like that can be even though in and of itself because wasn't it supposed to be the sun of the dawn like this beautiful bright morning star thing yeah but that can crash right that idea can crash down and be used for the dead wrong things so as we go into these three uh swedenborg quotes in the next section just have in your mind this this theme of ideas becoming corrupted and then their fall to be used for the spread of what you could call hell ah. rather than heaven. And it's not even that the idea itself becomes corrupted, but it just gets used for bad things. Yeah. Right? Right. Like you use some print, you know, there is a God or there's a life after death or something, but you use that to try to gain power over people or something, right? Well, something. something. Uh, so let's take a look now. Here's a couple of, uh, of uh, mm. thoughts that we want to plant in your mind and you see how they grow in our section, Three Seeds. So, we don't know how we got here, we don't know where we're going, but no. we're going to go somewhere. And we but it's got a good here. path, and yeah. we know we're on it. Yeah, that's right. Well, we know it's a path, for sure. I mean, yeah. I think. Let's take a look first in Apocalypse Explained, number 535, and this is dealing with when stars fall to earth okay. in Scripture. Because there's a lot of stuff that, oh, that falls that, to earth. That happens. You get a lot. You, you oh, don't man. get a lot of angels falling, but, but you get a lot of stars. And Lucifer being the morning star. Okay. And I saw a star fallen from heaven to the ground. This is in the book of Revelation. This imagery returns. This means thoughts of truth falsified and thus changed into falsity. Mm. This is evident from the meaning of stars, which are thoughts of goodness and truth. Hmm. And from the meaning of to fall and to drop from heaven, which is to die, spiritual death. Hmm. Thoughts of truth die. Yeah, how does a th an idea of truth die? Right. Thoughts of truth die both when they are denied and when they're falsified. So if oh, you're, and so there's a difference between denied and falsified? So if you're like a, uh, you know, a piece of truth, I, I, I'm just nervous. How am I going to go? Am I going to be denied or am I going to be falsified? In this case, it means when they are falsified. Since this book, meaning the book of Revelation, is not about those who deny truth, but about those who falsify it. Okay, so would the difference there be denying it would just be outright, like, there's no God, you know. Yeah. But falsifying would be saying, there's a God, I speak on his behalf, and therefore you need to worship me, or so, something. Exactly, weird. exactly. People, and, and we're going to look at the two different kinds of harm. The, we're focusing on the harm that corrupting those kind of ideas does. Yeah, okay. People who do not acknowledge the word, except as it applies favorably to their own loves, and to the principles they make from their own understanding, falsify the thoughts of truth and goodness that are from the Word. Mm. So when you take, when you have an agenda, which the, the natural hereditary agenda is, I want to be better than everyone else, I want everything to go my way, I want to crush my enemies, and you look at the, like, let's say the Bible, and say, oh, I can hey, use there's this. there's power in here. There's power. I can use it. I can interpret it in a way that it's saying what I want it to say, then 
we're in the territory of then it's we're in falling the falsification from yes. territory. Thus, they turn the truth of the word into falsity. Mm. In this way, thoughts of good and truth die in them. In them, not necessarily in other people, but in them, right. those thoughts die. You can see from all this that a star fallen from heaven to the ground means that thoughts of truth have been falsified and therefore turned into falsity. And my friend, uh, Swedenborg, hey, thank you for calling says, me friend. Swedenborg says, <laughs> that there's a problem, like if you say, well, I don't think it means that. Well, what's your other alternative? Seriously, that a star that's way larger than the Earth <laughs> is going to fall to the, you know. Multiple stars. You got a bit of a scientific problem with that one. Right. So I think the truth and good, like you kind of got three ways you can go, isn't there? Like you can go the literal way, which doesn't make sense. Right. You can throw the Bible out. We're trying to present a third alternative here which yeah. is there, it does make sense, and it's even deeper and more personal than you thought. Let's think about it. So, if you, you know, you th I'm thinking about Lion King when they go out, and I, I'm just referencing like old Disney cartoons. Uh, this maybe, is I'm great. maybe I'm referencing the remake. How did you know? <laughs> and I haven't seen it. Um, but look at the stars. It's always inspiring. You go out and look yes, at the stars. Right. They're, and they're, we think of them as like this guiding lights. You know, literally, they were guiding ships around yeah, not really. so long ago. Yeah, that was ago. how you would navigate. Yeah. So, to think about a star. Falling from the falling to the earth, you can't. If it's if it's coming down here, you can't navigate by it. You can't be inspired by it. Isn't it's that just useless a, as a guide? Isn't it just like a poetic image of something that's supposed to be lofty? And let's say the principles that you can pull out of the Bible. There's plenty of people who go into that text and other sacred texts mm. and pull out things that make it so you want to be around them and, and and lead them to do good things for the human race. But those those same ideas can be used to yeah, justify all, all the worst actions that have oh, ever been man. taken. So isn't that a star falling? Oh, yeah. And how hard that is for people who have, like if, if your North Star or something that's guiding you, it suddenly looks terrible. It's like, now what do I do? You know, yeah. now I'm lost. Well, because a lot of people will, will have an affection for these religious concepts. Yeah. But people you love them. You've been following them. You've been looking up there. But people use them in such a way that now you don't want to be associated with that. And then people have a lot of internal strife. Like, I, I know there's something oh, good in here, but it can't be good if it led to these things. So what do I do? We find that's sort of like the state of modern religion, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's starting to hit <laughs> this weird medieval yeah. story with weird seemingly made up Lucifer characters in it. It's starting to hit home a little bit. So this fall from heaven, you know, the stuff that's supposed to compose heaven, like the ideas and the principles that can lead us into the heavenly state of mind, can be dragged down to somewhere where they don't. Instead, they lead <sighs> us into this hellish tribalism. That's a problem. And that's, that's what it problem. is when stars are falling. But what, okay, so that's a falling star, like Lucifer, okay. morning star. But There's let's talk star. about okay. Lucifer, like actually Lucifer. What does that okay, mean? Okay, Lucifer. Well, this is really interesting. I think Swedenborg's explanation of this is just astonishing to me. Right. Uh, Lucifer, Lucifer has to do with a desire, a, and kind of at first a hidden desire, yeah. to dominate and control other people and to okay. use the things of religion, of spirituality, and so on, in order to just have your way with people or whatever yeah. it is. You know. Okay. Well, stick And on. so Swedenborg talks about this in Secrets of Heaven eight six seven eight. Arrogance. I feel grateful that he's willing to try to define it. You, you rang? <laughs> Consists in loving oneself more than others. <laughs> That's very well put. Putting oneself ahead of them and wanting to control them. If you ever like, I am more important than all those other riffraff. Swedenborg talks about love of self. That's a very good, succinct, I'm, I'm better, I want to be first, and it's not just <laughs> enough that I'm in front. You all do exactly what I want. And do what I say. Yeah. Okay. That's right. So there's arrogance. I'm, I'm, a, I'm the producer of the play. Yeah. People who desire this also despise others in comparison with themselves because they're just like bit players and you're the star right. of the show. Right. If another, this is talking about another person, so, okay, you're around these other people, and then one of these other people starts to get uppity or something. If another puts him or herself first, or fails to worship them, meaning, you know, you're not getting the love you think yeah. you deserve here. They go after that person in a spirit of hatred and revenge. Like they could be your best friend a moment ago. Yeah. But if they're not just like worshiping the ground you walk yeah. on, so it's like, you're my enemy. Well, you s and you see this a little bit, you know, when, when you think you're something and somebody else doesn't mention it, 
you know, that that's like, don't you know who I am? And you can get that as a little silly way. It's like when I walk in to do this show and like Stuart and Matt don't say, oh, there's Curtis, he's so great. <laughs> get very upset. <laughs> it is amazing. We've all got that lower self. Oh, sorry, We've we just lost it. sound. Arrogance <laughs> <laughs> is self-love. It's amazing. He just says straight up. Yeah. That's just self-love. Right. That's what you call right. that. Right. And self-love is such, now he talks about the nature of self-love, that the more free reign it is given, the faster it races. Some people have a harder time manifesting it because of their, you know, maybe they're poor or they're, you know, right. whatever their circumstances, they can't quite manifest it enough. But the more free reign it is given, the faster it races, increasing to whatever degree it possibly can, till eventually it even reaches, I like that language, for God's throne and wishes to take God's place. That, by the way, he happens to add, is what all the inhabitants of hell are like. It's kind of a frightening idea to have an entire ecosystem full of people who feel that way. And so he's not talking about one devil with horns and right. a tail or something. Oh, this is characteristic of all the various people who were but, there. And that is hell. That what he just well described, put. the state of mind that he described, when you think of why is there like a hell and, wh and why is it separate from heaven and why do you keep this, this you know, sort of Christian idea, that state of mind, that's what hell is. And that burning for revenge and that yeah. sense of other people are just worthless yeah. scum and worms. So and we things. experience hell at times and sort of what we're doing in the world is meant to be us like saying, well, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to worship that. I don't want to participate right. in that. Mm. Okay. And then he tells you how you can spot this. Uh, this character of theirs can be sensed from the efforts it leads them to make and from the venomous hatred, there it is, and fearsome vengefulness each inhabitant has for the other over the question of dominance. It's all about who's, and so you get these battles of, you right. know, for supremacy and, right. you know, titanic struggles and everything. People like this, he just tosses off as an aside, are also meant by Lucifer and Isaiah. Pride of heart. Isn't that interesting? Lucifer. Yeah. Lucifer right. is that way. Pride of heart, which is self-love, pushes the deity, meaning God, away and removes heaven from oneself and this is obvious from the state in which we accept the deity in heaven. In other words, you can look at the contrast of what the good picture is where you accept the deity in heaven, which is a state of love for our neighbor and of humility. Not a lot of humility in that other. Sure. You might pretend it. Right. You don't actually feel that humility. You honestly feel superior to these other idiots. You right, know? right, right. Of humility toward God. The more ability we have to humble ourselves before the Lord, Seems to me I read a scripture about that one time. It says, humble mm, yourself, mm. You know, something like that. And love our neighbor as ourselves, or, here's the graduate program, yeah. even above ourselves, as they do in heaven, the more we accept the deity and are therefore in heaven. We're more aligned with God, in other words. <clears throat> there's, t there's this, there's this mm. imbalance either way. The state of hell is you love yourself more than everyone else. They, and and that's such a good description of it. You want yourself that's first. Amazing. You want to... Um, you know, crush everyone who doesn't do, do what you want and you're the most important. That's how, in heaven, you, you think everybody else is, you love them even more than you love yourself. Yeah. Even if I want to. And there's this humility and like, oh no, so-and-so's great, you yeah. know? Right. And it's not this inwardly seething sort of contempt, you know? Like, like how come they got to put out the candles in the royal worship today? You know, heavenly jealousy. Yeah, yeah. Now, big, big issues like that. So that, so Lucifer, is is this that desire in us? And if you think about it, yeah. we're saying so. If Satan is the whole of hell, yeah. I mean that that desire. Swedenborg says the, that is the actual root of of evil. I mean, there's love of the world, which is more like greed, but really the core of it is this: we're mm. better than everyone else, and that that is. And it, you talk, it, it flares up. Haven't we just been recently seeing stories in the news about people who have a bunch of means to do whatever they want, or you see dictators and this kind of thing. People go to these extremes to try to elevate themselves, crush their enemies. Just, yeah. you see it run wild. It seems to be the game plan, yeah. It seems like it's, right. it's really there. So this is it, and if the, the which is more powerful? Like one guy with horns that's somewhere doing something right now, 
or this thing that can pop up in anybody. And w whenever we, we don't mm. control it, that's when it starts to unleash And therefore problem. the Bible story is actually more universally applicable. If you just think it's about one angel who went rogue yeah. or something, uh, you know, that's sort of in a little box over there. No. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. But, you know, I see that stuff in my, you know, where you want, who, don't you know who I am? You know, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like well, that arrogance point. in there, you know? Um, but you, how, how are you going to say you're writing a story about, the, or, or, or giving the sacred text that's, that's a, the, meant for every human being? Yeah, but it focuses on particular individuals? Like, that's, how did that individual become so important that everyone's got to know about them? Now, this is about all of us all the time. Right. Uh, there's still a piece, though, that I'm not getting, which is that um, still why is Lucifer called the light bringer, the son of the morning or the dawn? Yeah. Like, where, where is that positive sure. angle? And, and, and why Babylon? Like, what's up with the Babylon? Well, thanks for the setup, because I just want to talk to you right now about this. Because why, why, yeah, why are we haranguing the king of Babylon earlier? And uh, how is it related to this Lucifer Luciferian dominance. Well, yeah. let's look at Apocalypse Explained 1029. Okay. Babylon, and this is, I think, my favorite quote of the show. Just not to hype it up too much, but Babylon. And, then, and we had some really good ones. <laughs> That's true, man. man. Babylon or Babel, Babel, means a church of people, a church made up of people who use the holiness of the church to try to rule over the entire world. Oh, wow. Snap. That's a nice, painfully succinct uh, definition. They try to do this by ruling over people's souls, claiming for themselves the power of saving whoever they want. Uh, mm. This is Swedenborg critiquing a particular church in his day. I think you could find a lot of churches that put themselves up oh, there. Oh, yeah. Nobody's off the hook here. Eventually, they even try to give themselves rulership over heaven and hell. A church That's just the nature of that right. feeling. Mm. A church made up of this kind of person is not the same over time as it was in the beginning. And this, to me, I feel like I've never heard this idea from Swedenborg before. So, so there's like a, there's an arc or a change that goes on. In there's the, a trajectory. Right. In the beginning, the people are in a state of fervor for the Lord. And this is about new religious movements, right? State okay. of fervor for the Lord, for the Word, for love and for faith, and especially for saving humanity. Oh, so that's the bright morning star that we've been seeing images of, right? right? Like it's... The rising sun, everything's good, it's all yeah. good. You think about something's new and it's coming out and it's just like, yeah, we're so pumped about this mission. However, there is a passion for dominance and rulership that lurks within that fervor. Mm, this is the public service announcement right here. As time goes on and the movement matures and gains power, the passion for ruling grows and eventually breaks out. Ah, uh, so it was hidden in there. So that's why it keeps saying, Lucifer, how you have fallen. Yeah. You know, you were so great, but now you're coming down to all the shivering denizens in hell and they're all greeting you as their ally and everything. Yeah. <laughs> to the extent, this is great language, to the extent <laughs> that this passion is acted on, the holiness of the church becomes a means to the end of ruling. So you don't have to act on it, but if you do, if this, you, do. You, you, you take what was holy and up there, and you pull it down to you're trying to rule, which is the lowest thing because it's hell. Oh, and it's amazing. It's just a question of which, which is uppermost, right? Yeah. Is it the holy? Is that the important thing? Yeah. Or was that just a means of getting control over yeah. people? Because I got to admit, a religion is a great way to get a, you know, it, religion has power uh, oh, over people. Like you can, if you really want to control a lot of people, get a good religion going. Probably right? the most effective thing right. for that. When people's goal is to rule, then the holiness of the church is used as a tool to serve that goal, there you go. and so as a means of serving themselves. Oh, the ultimate goal is just like, hey, I'm serving myself right. here. I'm using the Bible and the idea of Jesus or whatever to get that job done. When this happens, they not only attribute to themselves the power of saving souls, but also credit themselves with all the Lord's divine power. By doing this, they pervert all the goodness and all the truth of the church. In fact, the devils in hell would love nothing more than to rule over heaven and over the Lord himself. <laughs> yeah, don't aim low. Well, no, <laughs> right. it's, it's, Go for, yeah. shoot the moon. I mean, with what Swedenborg says about the infinity of God and the un incomprehensible <laughs> power in nature, uh, like idea of one um, finite creator, it's just like... It's laughable you're, you're, yeah. in a way. Like it's, it's just sort of like... 
I want Jesus working for me. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, you I sort want of think you recruit Jesus for yeah. your you know, project, which is what was going on with those temptations in yeah. the wilderness. And they attempt this in all kinds of ways, but as they try, they are swallowed up by hell. That's kind of interesting. It seems to happen right when they try. Yep. Right, boom. And you might say, oh, there, is that just a protection? You know, as they try, they're swallowed up by hell. No. As they try, they are swallowed up by hell. You know what I mean? Like you were saying before, yeah. trying that means you, are, you have been yeah. already swallowed, swallowed yeah. by hell. And so you're swallowed up. Yeah. And that's that fall right. in Isaiah 14. You know, down he goes and then he's down in the pit. It's important to know that in the word, a king means the same thing as his kingdom. The reason that Babel is called Lucifer, son of the dawn, is because in the beginning, Babel is a church that has a fervor for the Lord, for the goodness of love, and for the truth of faith. However, within the pastor's fervor lurks a craving to use the holiness of the church to rule over everyone they are able to subject. And it's interesting he puts it specifically at the feet of the clergy here. Right. You know, not, not just every you know, lay person in the church or something, but this is, this is a leadership problem. Sure, and there's, there's exactly one clergy at this table right now. We won't say who I it forget, is. I forget which. Yeah. This is why Babel, Babel, I can't decide, is called Lucifer, son of the dawn. And I think... Not to me, that just... Yeah. It blows my mind. It's happening, and I, it's, I can't help but see it as like a... I can totally get this. Like, I bet every... A lot of the stuff that turned out really bad religiously probably started where people did feel like, oh, we're changing the world, we're doing something well, good. How many things start, you know, really yeah. promising, even, you know, corporations or whatever. I was going like, to say. Yeah, we're, we're going to do some good for the okay. world and all that stuff. And then all the money gets in there. And right. Well, something happens and sometimes it keeps on its trajectory, but sometimes it just starts to go down. Well, yeah, and I, I was mm. thinking about bands. That in the beginning, True. it's like, whoa, we love this. We love the we're music we're getting. Fresh but then, like, inspired. Yeah, it becomes normal, and it's sort of like, why are you getting all the solos? And why am I? And then, and then it, they have a big fight. There's egos. Right. Well, and then this is something that's in the human condition. But particularly, oh, but, you know, so bands break up, and it's really tough. Uh, it's really hard. Uh, but what churches can do when they turn this way is how many people have, like, a relative or something that they feel like is sucked into some kind of religious world that's like alienated them from from mm, the family how yeah, much damage does that do right mm. uh, that the power of r religion to do stuff it could do a lot of good stuff but mm. it can do a lot of bad stuff and when it does that is particularly like Lucifer mm. because um, that takes what was meant to occupy the most sacred space of people and, mm. and ruins their ability to receive anything good and true in there. Yeah. So that's a problem. Man. That's a problem, man. And those are, those are three seeds. Um, also, um, just because you might say, well, look what they're doing. They're taking something that's, you know, all this fantastic sort of uh, sci-fi imagery and boiling it down into psychological you stuff. You a little psychological thing. It's you pretty practical. Yeah. You, you know. Okay, so they're, they're kind of taking, okay, it's not really that weird and religious-y, it's just kind of practical, and okay, we'll re-weird it for you. This is, well, another reason okay. why Satan or hell is said to fall from heaven is, in the spiritual world, all this psychological stuff is, does happen literally. The, the spiritual world is the world of the heart and mind. So they're... So people are acting out thoughts and feelings, or what, they're embodying them. Just, yes, that like the things, like physical laws run this world, spiritual, so psychological laws run the spiritual world. So you do see stuff like this actually happen. Swedenborg, in, before the Last Judgment, Swedenborg saw evil people on mountains in, mm. the f in these things he called false Ooh. heavens, who were trying to rule over people. Footage. Yeah. So the, the last judgment, uh, according to Swedenborg, came and happened. People fell, this fell down. There was this huge cataclysmic <sighs> stuff. It wasn't angels. It was people who were telling people that they were legitimate sources right. of knowledge, but they well, were actually Diving evil. down there. And so that this was just like a, hey, you've got to be what you really are. And that led to the scenes like this. Uh, and if you want to see more of this, um, this is actually out of our show, The Last Judgment. So you can go ahead mm. and check out the whole thing there. There you go. Now it's back to like weird spiritual that's, crazy that's stuff. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we earned our, you know, points for that. Yeah. And um, it's just striking to me uh, 
in a certain way, I almost liked it more when it was sort of medieval and the tooth fairy or something, because right. it hits so close to home. Isn't it sort of a warning of like when you're on that upward trajectory and the fact that in the spiritual world, this even plays out where Swedenborg says, if you see people on high, they're generally not good. They're arrogant, you know, like they're, they, they set themselves up on high. So they're looking down at the world yeah. and, and uh, often there's a kind of arrogance in there. And when it turns out what they're really all about, that they want to control people, they of their own accord, as we were talking about in a recent show, just dive, you know, they, they really love that hell. They're, right. they're, they're joyfully diving. It's right. not like they're being thrown out. It looks that way. But they're diving down into their hell. But that, that concept of you can have, feel like there's a passion for the cause you're involved with, whatever it is, but you got to check yourself because there can actually be within that. Mm. They're just like, they're one of the reasons I'm so hyped about this is it lets me rule or be greater than or whatever it is. That's like, we gotta, I got to check myself all the time, even working on this show. It's a like this is close to home. Yeah. That is a really awesome insight yeah. into the condition of what it is to be human. And, and an important step that we don't really think of is like, w watch the second phase of, your, of whatever you're doing, because that's when things can come out. Watch the third phase, whatever it is. That's mm. awesome. I mean, to me, that's like, mm. that brings a piercing uh, psychological uh, tactic that we didn't have before, which I love. <laughs> it's incredible. It's yeah. just incredible to me. I mean, the depth of the explanation, yeah. the psychology in it, the fact that it fits whether it's talking about you as an individual in one little moment where somebody yes. left you off a list of people who right. did something good, or it's some massive, you know, whole political movements or yeah. giant, you know, ecclesiastical eras and epochs. It's all it, it, one size kind of fits all with these things. And that's why it's the word, because it's applicable yeah. everywhere. So that's a lot of stuff. Let's let it settle. We'll take a moment and just uh, meditate okay. on this stuff uh, in our next section. So, uh, heavenly ideas, or s religious or spiritual ideas, are meant to serve divine purposes. Which divine purpose would be the well-being and happiness of everybody. Mm. And that is what divine love, that's the opposite of love of self. That's what divine Gosh. love is. I'm suddenly thinking about that Isaiah 55 where, where another chapter in Isaiah where uh, the Lord says, um, my word, you know, it shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I sent it for, in okay. effect. You know, yeah. like the, he created these ideas to help the human race, right. not for some of us to dominate over others with them. Right. So there was a purpose that dis had in mind. Despite the misuse, it's good to have these principles. And so Swedenborg actually says that the uh, looking up at a starry sky, that the feeling you get looking at the stars is mm. a correspondence to the way these principles can so guide no you. No feeling quite like it, is there? And this is actually, you know, we've done this correspondence, this meditation, we've rebooted it in this series, but even back near the beginning of the Swedenborg and Life show, we used to do this correspondence, this meditation. It's all because of a passage in the second volume of Secrets of Heaven where Swedenborg talks about stars symbolizing the, these heavenly communities or these higher truths, which is the same thing, because that's what makes it up. No way. So that's the thing where Abram's taken out and he's told, look up at the stars. Yeah. It's a cool scene in the Bible. And in Swedenborg's explanation of that, he says, the reason we have sight is to be looking at external objects, but yet contemplating deeper realities. That's the way you're really supposed mm. to use sight. So we're going to do that with the original here. So as you see these scenes of the stars, think about these guiding principles, maybe it's in your life, maybe it's for the human race, the good they can do. And just in the, the image itself, you see some of the magnitude of how high they are, how beautiful they are, whatever it is, just let it sink in in the context of what we had non, here. Non-fallen. Yeah, heaven will tell you something about it. Don't, don't listen to what I'm saying right now. Here we go. Here's the meditation.
I find that the most powerful mm, hits or insights or, or like feelings of awe about spiritual kind of ideas usually does happen when you're combining physical with spiritual mm. like that. Because you can get, okay, there are these guiding principles and okay, I see that stars, wow, those are really awesome. But when you think, for, for me, when I think of all that, like s putting them together and like mm. just like the ideas, you merge that with something that looks beautiful and realize, oh, that's how gorgeous this stuff can be. And the scale, and you think, wow, there could be concepts that are that, mm. that high above. To me, that's when it really is like, whoa. You just get your heart get and your moment. mind yeah. at the same time. Yeah, right. really, really. I thought that was so beautiful. And, and the um, how many, like you might think, well, there are three guiding principles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a lot Do more the stars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. Mm -hmm. Don't talk back. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. There's uh, there are a lot of there are a lot of guiding principles. Yeah. There's a lot of help on every side of the sky, northern, southern hemisphere, that's whatever. Right. Yeah, wherever you are, They're there's there. something. Oh, there's that's something good, there. that's good. So, mm. as we kind of have, have let things sink in there, mm. we've had this whole 50 minutes worth, thank you for sticking with us, up to now, what do you feel like our, our takeaway is? You know, what, what's this, if you had to package it up, what, what, is a, what does all this mean to you? Well, <laughs> a silly thing is to say, no angel was harmed in the making of this reality. Um, right. You know, no right. true angel yeah. uh, was harmed in the making of this. Um, a, a more serious point along that line is that to imply that there was an angel who fell kind of implies that God didn't know what he was doing when he said, here, you belong in heaven, when he really had hell in his heart or something like that. And yeah. So, like, is that God's fault or whose fault? And and uh, the idea that you could fall out of hell, is, uh, fall out of heaven is scary. Like. I want to be able to stay there. Am I going to be at risk? Are we all at risk or something? And uh, the Bible is really not, you know, it goes against so much of what the Bible says. And I think particularly that beautiful statement also from Isaiah, I think, that uh, I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. You know, we're indelibly imprinted on the Lord. We're not going to accidentally fall out yeah. of heaven. And the final, I know I'm taking too many takeaways here, Maybe. but um, I also take a personal lesson, and for what we're doing here with this show, like, hey, w watch yourself. Stay close to the Lord. Keep true to the mission. Right. Don't do the Lucifer arc thing. Right. <laughs> you know? Don't have a good start. A good start, lots of people have a good start, but how about having a good end, like staying true to the mission, right. and don't let the stuff of the world and whatever take over and rule. It's, it's not that they won't be there, but don't let them ruin the, ruin the mission and let that star fall to earth. Yeah, I was, uh, it got, got me thinking about, um, you know, the, this whole picture of uh, what's God against? Yeah. If it's, if it's like God's right. got it, to me this is a more potent message, that it's God against this this uh, desire to, to harm and dominate in the human being. That's what God, in everyone, that's what God is pushing against. Mm. Rather than there's one enemy that's like a strong <laughs> right. enough that he can really like snatch a lot of people oh, out of God's hands. Satan, you're such a thorn in my side. Yeah, yeah. and, it's, and the, the, that's who's really on God's radar. But really, God is looking at everyone equally and trying in each of us to keep us. The only thing that can possibly um, tangle with God is stuff that we grab and say like, no, I'm, I want this, you can't, because God can't force us out of that. Right. That's the only, th anything that was just mm. purely evil and had no bearing, you know, God could just, could just fry. But because we grab onto this thing that sure is present in everyone in hell and hell is trying to sell to us, as soon as we are buying it, that's mm. when, you know, the devil's got us in that way. In so. that sense, right. And that doesn't mean it's all over yet. But no, man. Yeah, that's it just, right. It's just beginning. Uh, so let's, good, let's go this now. This deep. Yeah, right. There was more in here than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's see if we can't uh, do something completely different now. Because we said in the beginning that we were going to let you guys pick something you wanted us to ramble about for a minute straight. Is it straight. too late to say I think this is a foolish play? It is far too late. Let's do now the elevator okay. pitch. So how the game is played is we're imagining that we both uh, will take turns having just stepped onto an elevator and we have 60 seconds to explain whatever topic you guys have come up in the audience. 
uh, to the other person. So this is practice for, hey, if everyone, anyone wants to know about a Swedenborg thing, or if these concepts, yeah. let's weigh them in the mind, get them. It should be that you can explain something simply, not just repeat what's in the text if it's something real. And it's just fun, man. It's just fun to uh, watch us right. be uncomfortable. And not only what it is, but why does it matter, right? Like, who cares? It's a pitch. It's not just an explanation. It's, it's not a just pitch. a pitch. Do you yeah, want to go first or second? I, I, I just feel like going first. I don't know. I can't I don't believe know why. it. Okay, Stuart, hit him with the hard one. All right, okay. so this is our pitch. <laughs> and what this is going to be for Dr. Jonathan Rose today is the eternal, the eternal now. now. So, Ooh. you feeling ready? He's going to have okay. 60 seconds. Let's, uh, let's start our right. countdown of doom. Stepping on to the elevator. You might think, some people think about eternity and they think, okay, that's just an incredible amount of time. You know, an amazing grace it talks about, you know, when we've been there for 10,000 years, you know, bright shining in the sun, there's no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun because eternity's just this crazy, crazy amount of time. But Swedenborg says it's really more than that. It's like a, a state. And he says that the angels who are in eternity are much more focused on the, on the present moment. That's where everybody, people don't live, you don't live eternity. You don't even live an entire week at a time or something. You know, you're just really at this little moment. The needle's just a one spot on the record. Oh, I'm showing my age. But the, uh, <laughs> so the eternal now is a beautiful concept that it really transcends time. Swedenborg says that in God there is time, but he's also apart from time. And it's very fitting that that message at the end was very affected by time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. I love I it. I didn't have yeah. an eternal elevator ride <laughs> in which to put that forward. Yeah, that is so cool that the angels are, yeah, really focused in on this one little spot of the mm. now, even though they've been at it for, for so mm. long. I, I love it. That's cool. And man. I love the idea that w when you, sometimes you feel like you step into that, like you're kind of, do you feel that way sometimes? Like you're in eternity, like th things feel very yeah. rich and powerful for a second and you feel like, wait, I think I stepped into the yep. spiritual world for a second. When I, well, when I feel like uh, I'm in eternity, I've, we had somebody on this channel recently comment saying they were experiencing, and I don't remember what the phobia was, but I looked it up and it's the fear of eternal existence. Oh, right. And yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. When I think of an et infinity of time, what I think of is there are w moments when life is joy. Like when you're really excited about something tangible and you're just in the moment of like, I'm so glad that this thing is going to be accomplished or I'm going to get to participate in this. Whatever it is, like that moment, uh, you, don't, you, have, you don't care how long or short anything is. You're just in the joy of the right. thing. I think of that as that's what eternity is like. Step outside of time. Yeah. yeah. That, that right. eternity is not, is not like, oh my gosh, I've been alive for so long and now I've got another million this years to live. So old. Or I'm thinking about <laughs> that, that the more in eternity you are, the less you even, oh right, oh have I been alive for a million years? Not like you're a space cadet, but it's that there's times at which no everybody wouldn't mind an eternal life. That's right. That you don't want it yeah. to, intrinsically, when you're in a moment or you care about people or whatever it is, you don't ever want that thing to end. When we step back and think about our mortality and life is a grind and all that, sure, you can, or when you're just thinking about the idea of years, but in certain moments, you just think of like forever and friendship and it's going, you know? Right. So. And Swedenborg even says that that's sort of a thought that angels can use in a lot of people as they die. There's yeah. that right. thought of eternal life is what a lot of people carry with them as they pass over. Hey, speaking of eternal, we're, uh, we're getting through our time pretty quick here, so let's do my elevator pitch All real right. quick. Okay, it's going to be da -da 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 -da. harmony and diversity. Okay, let's get that thing up there. Ding, da ding, da ding, da ding. Three. Okay, I'm stepping on the elevator. Hey, so we're in an elevator. Did you know that this elevator only works because there's a bunch of different parts that work together in harmony to make it go? Where Right here, you've got a bunch of buttons on the wall, mm. right? If it was all buttons, we'd be falling through the bottom. There's some like steel girders or something that make up the bottom. There's a cable that's pulling. Who knows how it's an elevator works, but all I know is if you just had one kind of piece, you couldn't have an elevator. If there was oh. only one building block, it would be impossible to make anything of any significant complexity. And actually, the best machines are the most complex. 
complex. You think about the human body, and it is a, all these amazingly diverse elements mm. working together to accomplish this very specific goal. The more you can, it's not just diversity, like, it, the more different things there are, the better it is. The more there are different things working together, and the uh. more that those differences are compatible in being able to accomplish mm. a function, that's harmony and diversity. That's why there's so many people, because we can all be those pieces working together for the greatest goal, which is heaven. Heaven. <laughs> I couldn't hear what you right. At least Maybe. twice. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Right. So. That was excellent. Thanks, man. That was that was really really excellent. <laughs> yeah. So that, thank you so much, guys. I'd rather be in your elevator than my eternal now. I oh come know. on, come on. Uh, so <laughs> um, that does feel like eternity when you're inside of a, a um, elevator <laughs> pitch, <laughs> and you're like, how much time is left? What am I doing? It's the out. Is the ang it was a really eternity. great example though because I love the idea. I really did sort of kind of transform my consciousness to say, <laughs> hey, that's right. It yeah. can't all be floor. It can't all be cable. You know. <laughs> yeah. Right. What would you be doing? and hanging on the cable or something. It, it's got to be a diversity of things. And if, if the world was all elevators, you have the elevator has to be in a building that's different. Right. Than, it's just the way everything is. It's the way ecosystems but are. every single thing in there, someone is deliberate. There was a purpose. They did it for exactly this reason, to get yeah. you comfortably and smoothly up to the floor or down. Absolutely. A big jumble of parts, no matter how many parts there is in it. No, yeah. it's about the sweet spot of you need all these different parts, but the different parts got to have a common goal then we're in business. And something was in charge making all those choices. That's right, that's really right. Good. Okay, so we're gonna now do the ice melter where we get to your responses to the beginning question. But before we do, we wanna let you know that this program could not happen without you supporting it. If you wanna help us, do, we're not, you notice this is free. Everything's free. That's because it's, people have stepped up and donated. If that's you would true. like to be part of the engine that makes us go, here's a 45 second clip instructing you on how exactly to do that. Thank mm. you. Please consider joining our community of sustaining supporters by going to otle.causevox.com and setting up a recurring monthly donation at a value of your choice. Any amount helps. Our sustaining supporters are the backbone of what we do at Off the Left Eye and allow us to continue to create high-quality programming that nourishes thousands every week around the globe. Your help makes a difference. All right, let's see what you all had to say. If you remember way back to the beginning of the show, when we were just starting to wade into this, wait, what's Lucifer? What's going on here? This was the question that we asked. Seems so long ago now. What do you think God wants us to do with spiritual or religious knowledge? What should it be used for? Mm. And this is what you all had to say. Turned out to be very relevant, didn't it? To be of use. Spiritual knowledge is clearly for growth. Growth. Brings us together in love. Mm. To be as kind and compassionate to our fellow man as possible, treat others as you would like to be treated. Mm. I think God wants us to take spiritual knowledge to help people and make this place more heavenly for everyone. Hey, and I gotta say, in terms of diversity and harmony, these ice melter yeah. things are so R fabulous. That Different points, common purpose. It's just fabulous to be a light to someone in darkness. Okay, I'm not quite gone yet. I believe I use spiritual knowledge to understand the trappings of humanity, to make the right decision for yourself. God wants us to love and bring others into the consciousness of love. Right, That's right. great. Not only love yourself, but also bring others into that consciousness of love. I think would be to learn and grow spiritually and share. Love, wisdom, use. Yeah, he wants us to embody it lovingly. This often means forgetting it, just like you don't remember the mechanics of walking, but you do it every day. Mm. Enlightenment, I want to understand God. To course correct, develop, grow, and ultimately allowing the divinity to humbly flow for the betterment of humankind without spiritual hubris but humility and love. Mm. To keep taking the truth in so that it keeps my head on straight so I can be a nicer and more useful person. Gotta have this message. head on straight. That's right. God wants us to take the knowledge and send it down to our feet, get it out of our head and into our daily encounters. Really like that. I think God wants us to participate in an ascending spiral of love between the Creator and the created. Got some poets right. out there. Perhaps all the gifts that are given, no matter their form, are for the enhancement and betterment of all. That's the bit we were talking about that in the quote. And it is for God and the harvest, so that when He looks down, He sees all the seas brought to fulfillment. This is awesome. This really elicited some great responses. Right. Huh? 
God wants us to be a full and whole human being, just like he wants a bird to live a full and healthy bird life. But no matter how long one's lifespan is, one can never know the creation in its entirety. Mm. That's the eternity. There's always more to do. That's right. Maybe in a way it's not utilitarian. Maybe spiritual knowledge is meant to make life richer by knowing that the physical level of life isn't all there is. Is not all there is. I like that. Okay, everybody. Thanks so That's much great. for participating. We really appreciate it. And if we could ask you for one more bit of participation, please like and subscribe. That helps the show. And to show you, because we were asking for donations and for you to comment and like and subscribe, w to show that we're doing our end of the bargain, we got a lot of cool stuff mm. coming up for you this week. First of all, we have News from Heaven, which is our twice-weekly deep dive into Swedenborg's writings to see what we can't pull out for the betterment of our life. We've got, um, oh, on Thursday, it's going to be What Angels Think Jesus' Blood Means. So wow, that's really connected with what we were I was just talking say, about, isn't it? Like, uh, <laughs> it's a pretty similar vibe. A similar vibe of like, wait, what's this Lucifer thing? What's this, the blood yeah. of Jesus and all that? That's another idea that has a huge ripple impact out there. Even if yeah. you're outside of the Christian tradition, you've probably been affected by people thinking about the blood yeah. of Jesus. What does that's it mean? Right. And then on Saturday, we're going to be talking about God's feelings leading our thoughts. And this really fascinating passage that I, I feel like I never read before where he comes up with that. Awesome. And then we have our short clips. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, good thing I just waited till like the screen was covered so no one would see me cough. Hopefully they couldn't hear that. Uh, we we did a poll and you guys <laughs> said you wanted to hear about the earliest people and perception. So Wednesday will be perception in our senses short clip. Friday the decline of the earliest people. Mm. A train wreck happening next Monday. We're going to be doing a good question show. Nice. So that that like Q and A kind of stuff we touch on here. We get we do. It's all about you there. We get a cool panel of people together, and we just dig into whatever's on your mind at the time. And then the fr the Monday following, we continue our series uh, about what happens after you die with how to get a home in heaven. So I'm not very just excited about that. What heaven is like, but what it's like to live there, and how do you come into being a resident? Get your own unique. Yeah. space there. Which, which obviously is more than just a house. It's a the ultimate real estate search. Okay. Dr. Jonathan Rose, thank you so much for hanging out. That was uh, great fun, out. Curtis. A lot of Loved fun. It. Thanks to all of you. We appreciate it much. And as you saw, we'll be seeing you real soon. Swedenborg and Life Live is Curtis Childs, host and showrunner with co-host Jonathan Rose. Live stream tech and graphics by Stuart Farmer and Matthew Childs. Show writing and chat moderation by Karin Childs and Chelsea Odner. <laughs>